Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This? with your host, Junior Renee Bobrun. If this is your first time listening to this programming, I'd like to welcome you. If you are a returning listener, I'd love to welcome you back and thank you for listening to my voice. Once again, I am humbled by this exchange that people actually listen to me regularly and tune in and um, I'm receiving sponsoring requests and things of that nature. I, I think I've spoken before to those who have listened before that I'm looking to commodify this particular uh, platform that I'm using. I'm not doing a great job of promoting and things like that. I'm letting things happen organically and um, I'm seeing if it's something, you know, you know, I want to see how things transpire, how people take to the program. And I, I um, pay close attention to the emails that I do receive. My email address is whose world is this two one at gmail.com. So I pay close attention. Um, this is my stream of consciousness, my train of thought, my conversation, but this is our conversation. It may seem like a monologue because I'm the only one speaking, but it is a dialogue. I feel as if I'm speaking to each and every one of you out there individually. I can see some of the faces of, of my close friends and family when I'm speaking into this microphone. I can picture them. I picture them calling me, pick up the phone, and I usually go for a walk. People who know me know that um, if you're speaking to me and it's going to take an hour or two, I'll probably go into my car. So I can speak in my normal voice because my voice can get loud and I don't like to be too loud in my house because my fiance may be working or doing something. And I just I like that. I like the privacy that my car gives me or even going for a walk and I'm on my phone and I walk in traffic and I just ramble on. And I really enjoy that. Um, and this feels a lot like that. It feels a lot like those great conversations I have with uh, uh, some of my close friends who happen to be really, really intelligent astute human beings we challenge each other and it's really really they're really really good people and i'd i like to consider each and every one of you out there that enjoys this content my ally i purposefully don't just pull things out of headlines to titillate this is not a titillating conversation there may be certain parts of it that are provocative or you may consider provocative, depending. It may challenge some of your widely held beliefs at times. You know, it may shake certain foundations of what you consider to be your rudimentary beliefs. OK, but I'm not here to, you know, you know, just have sound effects. Even if I were to get a big budget, I'm not going to use sound effects and applause and horns. We're not doing that here. You understand? That's why um, however this thing grows, it's going to grow a certain kind of way that is ex that is consistent with who I am. And I'm and I'm not the monkey guy. I'm not the guy with the with the, I'm not pulling rabbits out of a hat. You know, I, I appreciate certain, you know, people who do that and want to do that. And I've, I actually had a friend of mine tell me, June, our conversations are so much more. What was the word that they use? Savage. Like I speak about certain things in other ways and I say, well, listen, this is a totally different thing. You and I speaking on the phone, even though I like to say that the conversations I'm having now are consistent with the conversations I'm having with my friends. But that's still different. I've said it before that this is a family format. I want families and people to be able to sit and listen to this in their car, 
and not have to worry is June going to drop a certain word. It's not going to happen. If I am going to speak about a sensitive subject, I handle it. Not, I'm not going to say with kids gloves, but I, I, I frame it in a way that it's palatable for a, an elder to speak to maybe a younger person, a young, you know, and where everyone feels comfortable having a discussion about it. Okay, and I don't care how provocative the subject is. I don't mind touching any subject, race, this, that, a third, sexuality, economics. We can talk about it, but there's a way to speak about it where you can frame it, where it could, it could be said in a classroom, where it could be palatable to someone who's 10 or someone who's 38 or 48 or 58 or 68. doesn't matter. Not everybody is going to uh, agree with me, and I'm not doing this for agreement. I'm doing this to get this stuff out of my head and to find the people in my tribe worldwide who who can relate and it resonates with. So when a friend of mine from the Netherlands hits me up and says, June, we were listening to your stuff while we were, you know, engaging in certain psychedelic activities and, you know, your voice while we're chilling and, you know, relaxing is, is crazy and this, that, and the third. And we, I'm having discussions with friends of mine on WhatsApp and, you know, <laughs> they're a couple of time zones away and they're telling me they were tripping, listening to me. I, that's kind of that's kind of cool. I like that. That's cool that, you know, I'm crossing I'm crossing the ocean. And speaking to people that have, haven't lived my life, um, don't look like me, uh, they speak a different language, have a totally different history, but yet it resonates with them nonetheless. Or friends of mine, I, I noticed that I'm getting um, some traction in the Middle East. And um, I don't know. I don't want to sound surprised when I said that. I said Middle East like if that was a big deal. I mean, if, if I'm in the Netherlands, why not the Middle East? Um, right. And um, yeah, I was looking at my my uh, my analytics and I was looking deeper and I received an email from someone in was it in Syria who loves my programming, told me their background this that they went to school in, in, in North Africa and they went back to Syria and they've been running around and telling me about things in Syria and they would love to discuss things more and that we were going back and forth because I was asking him questions about Syria and things that I knew I wanted to know if I was accurate and he said you're accurate here there this is a little different than that and it was just an awesome conversation so to go through that like I said I'm going to find my tribe doing things my way because the last thing I want to do is introduce something that's not authentically me. And then I attract a group of people that I don't want to have in my format. Let me, let me explain something to you. I'm a person who's exclusive. I'm not an inclusive person. What, I, what do I mean by that? I'm not for everybody and everybody's not for me. Be very, very careful of this kumbaya universe that people are speaking about. Be very, very discriminatory as to who you allow in your energy sphere. Okay. That's something that not everybody's saying. In this world of in this in this you know words like diversity and inclusion are being bandied about. That's great. I believe in opportunities. Equal opportunity does not necessarily mean equal outcome. But guess what? Not everybody's for me, and I'm not for everybody. That's why I'm not gonna. People give me certain suggestions, and I take it with a grain of salt, and sometimes with more more than a grain of salt. They say, June, maybe you should try this, and I go, you know what? That's not a bad idea because. What they mentioned is consistent with me, and I feel that it's not 
compromising me. It's not having me go outside of my wheelhouse or my comfort zone. Um, I challenge myself intellectually, you know, to make sure that the things that I'm saying are are accurate. That's that's first and foremost. I'll I'll get better as as an orator, making sure I'm communicating exactly what I'm thinking to you, exactly how I want exactly how I want it to be uh, uh, represented. But um, some of the gimmicky stuff, I'm just not going to do it. This is a pretty, it's me and a microphone. You know, what did Nas say? All I need is one mic. Yeah, it's just going to be in the microphone. It's not going to be a lot of sound effects. Maybe I'll add an intro song or an intro instrumental for about 10, 20 seconds. But it'll be, you know what I mean? But I'm not going to check out a focus group and see what beat works with certain groups because that's what's been happening now. I just got to tell you, I got a friend of mine. He's really, really great at marketing. I mean, as far, I don't want to say great at marketing, but he understands how the world, how, how people think because he's worked in, in, in certain advertising industries and things of that nature. And he was t giving me suggestions. And 90% of the stuff that he wanted me to do, I wouldn't do. Because 90% of the stuff he was telling me to do is the stuff that actually makes me cringe when I see other people do it. And I'm like, oh, why'd they do that? Oh, that was clumsy. Oh, that was pedestrian. Oh, that was, oh, man. Who, they, I feel like my, my intelligence is insulted when I see certain advertisements and things like that. It's like when I go to the supermarket, I'm sorry, the corner store, and I see wrap snacks. I don't know why that bothers me. I don't know why it bothers me to see rap snacks. So if anybody doesn't know what rap snacks is, it's like these snacks and it has some hip hop artist on the cover and of, of the snack, and he's looking like some sort of caricature of a human being of a, of a, of a hip hop artist. But truth be told, the hip hop I grew up with in this one is kind of different. There's a certain generational hip hop gap right now. So when I look at the rap snacks cover and I look at how the actual rappers look. It's like, whoa, it's not satire. It's not satirical anymore. It's actually how they look. So then it's like, okay, joke's on me. But anyway, like certain things that he's like, June, you want to do this and you want to do this for 10 seconds and you want to do that for five seconds. And I go, no. One of my favorite rap groups. And the reason why I'm going to mention rap a lot right now is because I don't know if, you, if you've listened to my show, I'll sprinkle in hip-hop metaphors from here to there. Hip-hop had a lot to do with me growing up. My favorite hip-hop artist is Nas and KRS-One and people like that, just to give you an idea of the kind of hip-hop I listen to. But, um, oh, and first and foremost, this is season two, episode 11. I haven't named the episode yet. Um, but the reason why I'm mentioning rap is, is it has to do with the title of this particular episode. But I remember one of my favorite hip-hop groups of all time. They're from Brooklyn, New York. They're from Brownsville. Brownsville never ran, never will, Right. Saratoga and St. Mark's, the name of this legendary hip-hop group, is M-O-P, M.O.P, the Mash Out Posse. And the first time I heard them was on an underground radio show called Stretch and Bobbito Show. And I think I mentioned this maybe in my episode one, The Genesis, season one episode, I'm not entirely sure. But in any case, I remember, um, and they have a very unique sound. It's uber-violent. Um, the, the lyrics are extremely so parental discretion is extremely advised as far as listening to M.O.P.'s music. I enjoy M.O.P. a great deal. Um, and I remember um, I think the host of that show was Bob Bito Garcia. And he asked one of the members of M.O.P., you know, your music sounds so unique. And, you know, what, what who influenced your sound? And one of the members said, you know, it's, cons it's uh, two men in the group uh, it consists of little fame. 
and Billy Danzini or Billy Dan's. And I think Little Fame said, we do the music we want to hear. And for whatever reason, this goes back decades. When he said that, for whatever reason, I it resonated with me. It, it hit me right there. <clears throat> Every time someone else has asked that question or another artist ask, is asked that question, they always list the artists that influenced them. The first time they heard this artist, they felt, uh, the first time they heard that, which is great. I love when, I love when artists pay homage. But that was the first time I heard that particular answer. We do the music. We, we, we kept listening to songs and we liked certain songs and we kept listening to albums and we liked this album. We loved this album. We we're a fan of this person and that person. But there was something missing for us. No one was speaking to what we were going through. So we ended up doing the music that we want to hear. And I was like, wow. So you know what? If anyone asks me what this podcast is, this is the podcast I'd want to hear. And certain people, I'm like, whoa, he, that one's kind of close. And I like that one, but they don't really talk about that. I like this one, but they don't really talk about the stuff that I'm, and I like that one. So I'm doing the podcast that I want to hear. And that's why MOP Sound is so unique. No other rap group sounds anywhere near them. It is one of the most unique sounding hardcore hip hop groups of all time. Because lots of times hardcore hip hop out of New York City can often sound, oftentimes, the sounds and the beats and the vocals and the arrangements sort of blend in to create this sort of quote unquote East Coast sound. And they broke that mold and continue to do so even till today. I listen to them even till today. Billy Dan's has many solo projects out there. Little Fame has become a very, a very uh, credible and very incredible producer behind the scenes as opposed to just being in front of the mic. Now he's behind the boards now producing music. He's awesome. And um, that's why we've named this episode Live Rap. We're just going to live rap and kind of freestyle a lot of the things that we're talking about today, as we do most episodes. Um, first and foremost, a little bit of house cleaning. If you guys want to email me with any suggestions, questions, concerns, kudos, criticisms, anything of, anything of that nature, whoseworldisthis21 at gmail.com is where you can email me and we can continue our discussions about what I discussed or what we discussed on the show. And if you have any suggestions for future shows or something you may want me to elaborate on, you may have a correction and something I said, you may have a point of contention that you want to uh, expand on. I'm all for it. Let's do it. Let's talk. You can also, uh, Reach me on my Instagram. Follow us on our Instagram. Whose world is this? 2021. That's our, uh, our, our Instagram. Um, you can also get some vitamins <laughs> from a place that I like to get my vitamins. It's called onelavi.com. That's O-N-E-L-A-V-I.com. You can get your books. You can get your journals. You can get your uh, 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 notebooks from chaveshouse.com as well. If you're looking for books on women's empowerment, if you're looking for diaries, if you're looking for the essential self-publishing blueprint, how to be published in 90 days successfully, that's located on the site as well. That book was number one on Amazon in the spring of this year. It is a very, very important book. It is a book that I'm using so I can write my first book 
Lenore Batista, who is the author of that book, is now entering into another phase where she's doing workshops about that book because the people that have bought that book and purchased it, they're actually, some of them have actually finished their book using her book. So she's trying to find a way to get that to work in her favor as far as uh, marketing that and testimonials and things of that nature. She's doing workshops and editing. There are other people who want, they want her help in, in writing uh, their next book. And there are authors that are second, third time authors that are like, hey, listen, I want you to help me with this one so I can, you know, take the bricks out of my bag, you know, and, uh, you know, um, you know, make it a little easier for me this time around, which I think is awesome. So in any case, what I want to talk about today is, like I said before, live rap. All the things that are going on right now, now that we're going to open up again, I'm hearing things about Broadway's opening back up in New York City in September. I haven't been on a plane in a little while. Let's just put it that way. And um, I'm a traveler. Uh, if anyone knows me, I go one or two places that require a passport stamp per year. It's what I do. Um, it's it, it, it makes me feel alive. Going to unknown places, unknown sites, I mean, different sites, sounds, and smells make me feel the most alive when I'm outside of, of my norm, outside of my comfort zone, so to speak. So I missed that. So the idea that Broadway's coming back, my fiance and I were very happy. She's very happy because she comes from the arts in New York City. So she's very happy. And I'm thinking about all the live concerts that I that, that were scheduled for 2020 and I didn't get to go to that were all canceled. I'm thinking about the Nas's of the world who just won a Grammy for King's Disease and his his uh, first album, his inaugural album, Illmatic, is now inducted into the, the United States Library of Congress catalog now, immortalized, right? So you get a Grammy and you get inducted into the Library of Congress within weeks, I think, of each other, or within the same week. Insane. Things like that. And the concerts that I've missed out on, um, you know, Busta Rhymes had a new album. That's one of my favorite rappers, and he had a great album. That album is ridiculous. Didn't get to see it live. You know, I'm thinking all these shows and I'm saying to myself, my goodness, I mean, um, RZA has a new album out. I was just checking it out online. I think it's called Masterpiece Theater, Saturday Kung Fu Theater, something like that. And I was just listening to it. And I'm saying to myself, like, you know, you know, 25 and Nas has 25 year anniversary of it was written. His second album. Fantastic album. And I'm thinking about all, you know, we're we're opening up, you know, one of the themes of my show over the last couple of episodes is the fact that we're opening up and what is this new open America going to look like and feel like, you know, I haven't um, gotten swabbed or jabbed. So, you know, how do I feel? You know, I have friends out in Waikiki that are saying, hey, June, come out there and check out some property and things like that. And I don't feel like getting swabbed. I don't feel like, you know, having the whole Q-tip thing, you know, go up my nasal passages that deep you know i'm just not comfortable with these things and you know i and so i'm waiting for some of these these rules to dissipate i'm looking and i'm seeing a rise in a uh, 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 violent incidents on in airplanes right now a rise in the history of air travel it has never been this violent we spoke last episode about the shootings so we're going through a, a, a violent renaissance, if, if, the, if that's an oxymoron. It's like a renaissance of violence, 
right now where there's there's more aggravated assaults there's more robberies there's more home invasions there's more homicides i hate to laugh I'm sorry. I apologize for the laughter. This is no laughing matter. And then you go on a plane and, and people are on the plane and, every, and people are not happy. Because the, the rules that you're having on the plane right now, you don't have on the ground. But to make an argument, the rules you have at the airport are not like the rules you have on the ground. There's no place, I ha there's no place that I go that I have to take off my shoes take off my belt outside of the, the 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 courthouse if you have to go pay a ticket or something like that those are the two places and how many times do you go to court right you go to you go to the the courthouse or the dmv or whatever the place the courthouse you, you have to take off your belt and, and, and you go to the airport you have to take off your shoes you have to take off your this and then they put you through this x-ray machine by the way that x-ray machine i mean what are we doing with that do you remember do you remember the fracas that was going on where many, many medical professionals were telling us that the amount of, you know, you know, uh, X-ray technology that was going through our bodies every time we go through these new X-ray machines could cause an increased rate in cancers and this, that. And the third in that conversation just went away. I remember reading about that and <clears throat> all of a sudden gone. But anyway, so. Going to the airport, one could consider it invasive. Remember, there are many, many, many uh, TSA agents that have been sued. The TSA has been sued multiple times because people find the searches to be <clears throat> invasive. People feel that they're being touched inappropriately. Some people feel that they're being singled out. I'll tell you one thing. I know after 9-11, <clears throat> when I was flying... I seem to always be, quote unquote, in a random check, <laughs> always pulled off the line. And a couple of times I was very unhappy about it. And I let my un let me tell you something about me, guys. <clears throat> you hear the voice that you hear here on this show. Everyone out there who knows me knows that not only am I outspoken. Um, if you guys remember the show, The Wire, where. Um, Marlo said to, to the uh, security guard at the corner store, you want it to be one way, but it's the other way. Um, I understand all the ways that things can go down in my life. I have never, ever, ever been afraid to speak my mind. I have looked down the barrel of many a gun under Giuliani's and Bloomberg's Gestapo regimes when they were pulling me out of my car and looking into my trunk, and I protested virulently and vigorously, and I didn't care at that moment how things went down, as long as I went down shouting and screaming and fighting. Um, no one silences me. Nothing silences me. No outcome, no consequence. If I feel something needs to be said, it gets said. So even during the times of 9-11, when I noticed I was being randomly <laughs> pulled out of lines and people would say, oh, well, the country is going through a difficult time. I'm like, yeah. And what does that have to do with me always having to take my Timberlands off when I'm flying and you're being able to. And I would let it be known and let it be heard. And oftentimes I was put into another room <laughs> that was a lot more. 
<laughs> more invasive than being out there and having to just take off my belt and things of that nature. So what's going on now is people are saying, hey, why do I have to wear my mask on a plane? I don't have to wear it in a mall. I don't have to wear it in a movie theater. I don't have to wear it at school. I don't have to wear it anyplace else. But now all of a sudden, I get on a plane and I have to wear a mask. And guess what? When I'm eating, I get to take my mask off. And then I got to put the mask back on. So for some people out there, this seems ridiculous. And so when I'm looking at this and I'm saying to myself, you know what? I'm so ecstatic that I don't have to wear a mask anymore. I'm so ecstatic about it. I'm so ecstatic about being able to walk into a store and, and touch that front door and not go, ah, my mask is in the glove compartment <clears throat> and have to walk all the way back to my car to go get my mask and put it on. I'm so happy. I'm so happy that the world is opening up because I wasn't, I wanted to go to a Dave Chappelle show. It was in Texas. I wasn't too far from Texas. Actually, I was in Texas at the time. But then I was hearing that you had to put a mask on and you, everyone had to get swabbed or tested or jabbed to go to this show. Dave Chappelle is my favorite comedian right now. Um, and I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm just not doing it. I'll just miss out. I've seen him live before in Miami. I think it was at the Jackie Gleason Theater. And I'm okay. It was, a, it was a fantastic show. I went to see him twice. It was one of the best comedy shows I've ever been to. And I've been to several. Um, it could have been at the top of the list. Um, but I wasn't doing that. And, and he's in rarer form now than he was before. You know, so I wanted to see that live rap. That's what we're calling this episode, live rap. I wanted to see that live rap, you know. And I think Joe Rogan was on there. I'm not the biggest fan of Joe Rogan. He's all right. He's cool. I guess. Um, but um, yeah, I wanted I wanted to see that, but I was like, I don't feel like doing all of that. And I guess the price I'll have to pay is I'm just going to have to miss out on a couple of things and I'll be all right with that. So the whole idea of me having to go to Hawaii and have to get swapped first and then quarantined for such and such amount of days before they might, I just, I'm just waiting for things to open up. I want to jump on a plane. I want to go do things. I want to, but then I'm looking at news reports and people are beating the brakes off of each other on the plane and people are getting fined five to fifteen thousand dollars for is it banned from airlines i can't afford to get banned from airlines i have real airline miles i gotta cash in on are you kidding me i can't afford that no way no way so you know i'm waiting to see what this opening up looks like you know there's you know i you know i, I um I subscribe to a lot of concert newsletters, so I know what shows are, are, are being held or what shows are going on across the country. Um, and I'm seeing things I want to go to, but they may have to be within driving distance. And then I have to look at the protocols. Are you going to allow me to? Do I have to be swabbed? Do I need a mask? Like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Depending on the place where it is. I don't know. I don't know what is, is California fully open yet i I'm not, i don't know there are certain shows that are going on in the in the, in the pacific northwest that i want to go to live shows i want to see this live rap i want to i want to live my full whole life again i want to get back to some sort of normalcy right and i, I just <laughs> it's like i look all of a sudden just that i'm feeling comfortable maybe i want to fly again now i'm here and the people want to fight each other one person's mad that the other person doesn't have a mask on now this person's screaming at the flight attendant the other one passenger wants to be the the police and now people are in the aisles rolling down the aisle babies are crying it's like yo what's going on 
You know what I mean? It's like soul plane. It's like, what's going on? So I don't know. I don't know, guys. I don't know if you feel how I feel, but I don't have any angst about going around people. You want to cough, cough. You want to sneeze, sneeze. You want to sniffle, sniffle. I'm good. Okay? I'm good. But I'm more concerned with what I consider to be invasive diagnostics than anything else. I find it. I, I'm not I'm not with it. I'm good. You know, stay away from me. That's just me. You know what I mean? I don't judge anybody or begrudge anybody. Just do it. Do what's comfortable for you. You know what I mean? And um, I just feel like a lot of this stuff that's going on has is 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 against some of my core thinking about certain things. It flies in the face of it directly. So because of that, it's like I feel as if almost every seems like everything is politicized now when it comes to what something that was supposed to be medicinal is politicized. Right. And some people go, well, you know, we're turning something that's medical into something that's political. I could say the same thing about marijuana. You know, we turn that into something criminal and political and it's something from the earth. You know, we tell people to take uh, painkillers and anti-inflammatories that tax their kidneys and tax their whole bodies and really have no redeemable effect as far as healing is concerned. For a moment, it may mitigate certain symptoms of pain, but it doesn't heal. You know, the, the cannabinoid effect of, 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 of and the THC effect of marijuana has shown to have extraordinary healing properties. But yet we've criminalized it. And we've politicized it, right? Black and brown people do real time for that medicine, right? And now that it's a hedge fund, remember when Chris Rock said the reason why cocaine and weed are not legal in America because the best cocaine and weed are not made in America? So now that we have this sun-dried, sun-lamped, artificial, warehoused weed that we've legalized for tax dollars and benefits such as as such now it's a hedge fund now we have apps for it now we have dispensaries in certain states and on every corner right meanwhile there are people that are still going to jail for it right right so when people say oh this shouldn't be politicized i'm like listen all things are political whether you think they are or not you may feel that you're above the political process or you're unaware of it and because you don't engage. I remember <clears throat> when I was in college, there was this girl, um, I think she's studying at the Sorbonne now, or she graduated from some Sorbonne. I went to St. John's University in New York and I studied international studies and she was in one of my classes. She spoke fluent French, et cetera, et cetera. She was a bit of a, anyway, in any case, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> and it was a it was a very good lively political science class and um the teacher asked her a question the professor asked her a question the student a question and the student responded saying i'm not really political politics doesn't interest me and she sat behind me and to my right so it wasn't directly behind me she was behind me and one seat to my right so i turned and i just looked at her in in her eyes and she kind of gave me this little shoulder shrug and smiled sheepish grin and i just looked at her and i smiled a little bit and i looked forward because in my mind i was like um maybe politics doesn't interest you and that's fine 
but politics and politicians and the political animal is interested in you as a citizen. It works tirelessly day, every minute, every hour of every day to find ways to tax you, to find ways to either fix you or break you, depending on who you are and what you mean to that political animal. They look for ways to benefit you or look for ways to begrudge you, look for ways to save you or look for ways to sabotage you. That's politics. So whether you're interested in politics or not, politics is interested in you. So when people are telling me these things that are going on are not political, I'm like, really now? Everything is political. Everything is political. If you, if anyone wants to take, I don't want to say learn anything. I would be presumptuous to think that I'm a teacher in this regard. But we all learn from everyone. I learn from the birds, bees, trees, and the breeze. I always tell people that. I learn from little. I learn from two children playing in the playground, and I'll take a higher lesson from the little interactions that they have. It's the wor- It's the world that I live in. The world that I live in is hyper observational. It's what I do. I watch the world around me, and I engage or I look at it from a from a from an outsider's perspective in general. Maybe I don't participate or engage and I just observe and then I engage and then I observe how I engage (laughs) and then I watch how I watch things and I'm constantly in a state of evaluating and identifying the things and the reactions that I have to certain things. It's the state that I'm in all the time and the constant state of evaluating, engaging, identifying, thinking, observing. And what I know is that everything is political everything everything so you know when i see the goings on that are going on in the world i in politics is nothing more than a group of people in power and leverage and who gets what and why and where and who has the leverage to execute certain things and who does not who gets to speak on it who has the power who doesn't that's all it is we're all part of the political process one way or another way even if you're sleeping under a bridge you are a, you, you are uh, uh evidence of 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 certain policies and political agendas to a certain degree you know to a certain degree and um i just want to see some live shows man (laughs) 2021 before this year is over i just want to go out and um get on a plane and be like oh man there's a show in seattle there's a show in in um you know in california and there's a show out there in arizona i just want to get on a plane jump there get a hotel room for two nights and me and my lady go if my lady's not interested in that kind of music i'll jump out there maybe i call up a couple friends see if they want to meet me out there and not have to deal with being jabbed swabbed you know tucked and nipped and tucked and touched and all that whatever and being asked to do this that and the third more than i'm already asked to do such and such things you know um and um i just want to see some live music i want to jump up and down to my to my favorite songs i want to beat on my chest like a like an alpha american male and um have some fun you know I'm, like i said when i see that broadway's opening up i'm i'm encouraged because new york has been quite stubborn with their lockdown protocol and things of that nature and some people out there think that it was um you know a very badly executed uh, uh lockdown that it, it 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 hurt more than it helped but you know we can discuss that if you if if i if i um <clears throat> read enough emails where people actually really would want me to discuss what I think about that, then I will. But if not, then I won't. I'll keep that to myself because me, I'm able to um, 
speak on my politics in a dispassionate manner, the same way a surgeon can go in and and uh, execute their surgical skills on a patient and without their heart beating and without their hand trembling. Politics has become something right now where people are more concerned with talking points and the hot takes that they hear on television than actually learning about certain issues and the history of politics and power dynamics. So that's why I've refrained from engaging in certain political discourse, not because I'm afraid or I don't want to deal with the conflict. I'm just saying, um, are we leading to a higher or better understanding is the conversation we're going to engage in, even if it's messy, which I'm fine with, even if the conversation gets a little heated, doesn't have to get hyperbolic. We don't need any straw man attacks. Okay. You don't need to fly off the handle and get and get personal with people you know it's okay um and that's what's happened over the last i want to say even 12 years of my life between obama's first election then his second election then the election of trump and now the election of biden i've just seen i, I could go a little further back even to george bush the first george bush the second's re-election in 2004 okay and how that was quite interesting. Um, so this is, you know, so what we're seeing now is almost, this is like s 17 years in the making <clears throat> where we've gotten to this point. People forget about that, that George Bush presidency, the Dick Cheney's and the Donald Rumsfeld's and the Colin Powell's and the, and the, and the, and the uh, Condoleezza Rice's and all the things that went on, all the uh, military theaters that were going on across the planet at that point. The world was kind of hot. Right. We're just pulling out of Afghanistan now. <laughs> At the end of this month, I think we're in August. We're just finally pulling out of Afghanistan since the year 2001. Are you listening to me, ladies and gentlemen? 20 years we've been in that country. And people are saying that it's no better now than it was then. It's actually worse now than it was then. OK, we can talk about that another time. We were supposed to be talking about live rap, but this has a lot to do with it. The politicization of our world, the polarization of our world. Our worlds have always been polarized. When people say, oh, it's never been this bad. Really? Anybody remember the Cold War? None of us. I haven't. I, I wasn't born during the time of the Cuban Missile Crisis when Russia and Russia and the United States were going through their little measuring contest and Cuba was right there in the middle. Huh? Okay. Or, or when classrooms in the United States had to have nuclear war drills and you had to stand on sit under your desk or go to some fallout shelter in your public school. What are we talking about? Polarized? Please. This is probably the least polarized we've been saying a lot or a little about how far we've come. Right. And all in all, just a live show, <clears throat> just being able to go someplace without being told what mask to wear, what swab, what to do when I get on a plane, what to do when I get off the plane. It goes to show you how just me wanting to go to a live show encapsulates so many different agendas. So many different political apparatuses are at work. <laughs> just for me to go to a live rap, just to me to go, just for me to go to a Dave Chappelle show, <clears throat> and what he wanted from me, I wasn't able to give. All I wanted to do was bring money, pay for a table, 
pay for a couple of drinks and laugh, hopefully laugh and be entertained, edutained, somewhat illuminated, and then go home or go back to my hotel and hang out or do whatever. But instead, I didn't go because our politics and our things were not aligned. So it's it's so this live rap that I speak about is more than just going to a show. So much more is uh, intertwined in it. So much more is layered in it. So much more is included in it. It's in just me wanting to go see some concerts, go to New York or go to Boston, go to a theater or go to a place I haven't been. I like to go to concerts in towns I haven't even been in yet. Party with groups of people and 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 revel in my favorite artist music with people I never um, have been around. I remember when I, in, uh, years ago, I was in Milan and I went to see Nas and Damian Marley perform. The rapper Nas and the, the reggae artist, son of Bob Marley, Damian Jr. Gong Marley, performed their album Distant Relatives in Milan at the Palasharp Theater. Needless to say, it's probably the best show I've ever been to. And I partied with people that were on the other side of the planet in Milan. Um, <clears throat> many people didn't speak English. There were people from Senegal and Eritrea and Egypt and Morocco and Germany and Sweden and Netherlands. Everyone from everywhere was there. It was an energy that I have never felt before that's how I like to party that's how I like to enjoy a show it's not just what's going on on stage it's what's going on around me in the crowd it's what's going on in the city that I'm in it's not just the show you understand it's not just the performers we're all part of the performance and so when I'm hearing about these rules and things that I have to do personally you know, there are people out there that say, hey, June, what's the big deal? And maybe you're right. Maybe there is no big deal. I don't know. It's just me. Maybe I'm crazy. But I just want to see some live raps around some live people without having <clears throat> a 10, 10 point protocol rule for me to follow. You know, that's just me. Maybe I'm crazy. Eh. But in any case. Hey, guys, I will definitely be telling you when I'm going to some shows because, hey, maybe we'll go together. I'll let you know, like, hey, listen, guys, I'm going to be going to be in such and such uh, California. Or I'm going to be in Texas, at such and such. And I'm going here. If you guys want to join me, you guys want to meet, chill, whatever, I'll let you know. All right. And then we'll we'll all link up. I'm hoping that this year. This year marks a return to that normalcy. I don't want any new normals. I don't want any new normals. I want to get back to pre-2020. Let's get back to the rules of 2019, 2018. That's what I want. That's what I want. And I'm hoping to get back to that. That all of these things and protocols and things that we have in place eventually just whittle away. In any case, guys, thank you guys for listening to my rants. We shall speak again. Until then, you have a good day.